guys. It's just, it's, it's just that simple. All right. So, so well, you should now have we're going to get the podcast was three minutes. The last 40 just, minutes. All right. But well, look, I'll, I'll just say this right now. Hi, I'm, I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes, two lonely PhDs. Dr. Joseph Watson's here with me. Uh, look, man, it, it's, it is, I know I tenacious deed it, you know, it's just like Kyle always previous recorded, always, always be recording. You know, we all, all they missed was a little bit of zip zap, zip dip. Yeah, yeah, but that's the way it should be. I think we should just go into the conversation. You just, know? Just, like, dive, just dive. We can right pay in. somebody on some app like thirty-five dollars, and they can do our audio intro, and it'll sound fantastic. And then the people will get to us, which is what they really want to hear. They really want to hear us. Really, they really want to hear us. If they're listening, they really want to hear us. Okay uh anyway welcome everyone uh glad glad you could be here uh today we are going to be talking about two films each of us saw a separate film and we're going to do a little uh little old compare and contrast uh i saw david cronenberg's crimes of the future and dr watson saw top gun maverick you make it sound like it's a bad Happy Meal order, you know, off the... Well, by God, we're going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to find out if you got, like, the General Lee matchbox car or you got, like, the shitty plastic dune buggy. You know, it was, it real... was about the toy. It was about, it the, was toy. about the toy. It was about the toy. Whenever you, whenever, whenever, whenever they had a good series going, yes. you, had to, you had to go. You had to go. Um... So, no, but I do want to come back to this because I think it's important that we were talking about this yes. earlier. Um, the Fly. That was yes. our first exposure, right? Yes. And so, uh, and, and it really wasn't, uh, uh, other than The Fly. Can you think of any other David Cronenberg movies? Uh, well, there were uh, the box hits, you know? I mean, uh, he's The Dead Zone. Uh, the, the Dead, Dead Zone, Zone. Okay. was a huge. Was that his most commercial film, you think? I think it was the film he had, well, Paramount Stephen King adaptation at the time when Stephen King adaptations in the early 80s were like the hottest, you know, ticket. Um, so I would say it was a big deal. I, I think it's a it's a brilliant slow burn of a movie. Uh, and you've got walking being walking like, you know, the ice is going to break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 it's, it's a great little movie. It really it is. is a great little movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's really, but it, it only has like one Cronenbergian, what would be, what I would describe as sort of a Cronenbergian hallmark is the, the very early on the, the guy offs himself with a pair of scissors, like he sets up on the sink and it, like he impales himself with it. And that's the most disturbed. I mean, you know what I mean? Like in, in that movie, Body all the rest or... is pretty tame. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would say it was so commercial. Yeah. I, I would say it was probably his most pedestrian film. Uh, but I think, too, it was his first major American film because I'm trying to think it's before Videodrome. Uh, and before that, we have Shivers. And, yeah, Shivers um, is great. Oh, Shivers is fantastic. All of his, all of his lo-fi Canadian 70s horror is, the, I mean, The Brood, for God's sakes. It's Pretty just awesome. like, that yeah. thing's just going to freak you <laughs> the fuck out. I blew through his filmography pretty quick, you know, when mm. I was a teenager and then watched, you know, select ones that I really like again, you know, mm. uh, in my 20s. Uh, Dead Ringers is another one that I Dead really Ringers. Like. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, of course, I, you know, he, he 
his take on Naked Lunch. Naked Lunch is yeah. Is this as this beautiful, dark, uh, (laughs) you know, metaphor for for really homosexuality and gay love. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just so. I was showed it to my wife and she was just so moved by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, I, I recommend that film. I mean, it's a fucking bummer, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's him again is he can be such a, a strangely great esthetician. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- that comes with working with the exact same film crew every single time. You know, that's a Lynch playbook thing. That's a Altman playbook. That's a, you know, work with who, you know, right. you can work quickly. Um, you know, the shorthand. Now I know on, on this particular film, uh, he did not have his, his regular DP for the first time. Um, so this was a different one. I can't, I apologize. Even though I have the internet in front of me, I'm too lazy. I'm not going to look it up. Um, you know, I'm too damn tired to Google things, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so then you've got, and then you get into the nineties and you've got, uh, you got naked lunch, you got crash uh which i rewatch every 10 years uh and have since its initial release and i feel differently about that movie every every time i've watched it so it's been 30 yeah. years i've seen it three times uh wow. in, in in the 30 years and each time i get something a little bit different from it um as i get older um yeah. and then uh you've got existence which is by the way a hidden gem of a film that's yeah, great yeah. uh predates also the virtual reality game movement you know uh you know papa it predicts predicts it yeah yeah Yeah, papa cronenberg was you know not too far off on his science right um and then he did this funky violence uh that's coming he did a funky movie called spider with ray fines about a guy who has mental issues um i haven't seen that one since it first came out i do need to go back and watch that though uh and, oh, and then and then he starts his most successful streak right history of violence uh eastern promises and um the one about freud and um they're, they're basically it's about nymphomania uh oh i can't think I don't even know about this movie oh really yeah, yeah vigo really. vigo mortensen plays uh, uh sigmund freud a dangerous method yes a dangerous method just wrote it down yeah i have to check that out because that's not one i I think i kind of stopped with him after eastern promises yeah well i mean it's it's hard to top vigo mortensen's junk (laughs) you know once you see it in eastern promises it's just like (laughs) promises were made and they were kept they were delivered uh cosmopolis Oh, that's right. Cosmopolis was in there. I completely forgot about Cosmopolis. Yeah. I don't know anything about that movie. What is Cosmopolis? Cosmopolis is based on DeLillo's book. Um, oh, okay. And it takes place. It's pretty brilliant, actually. He, It's Robert Pattinson, um, fresh off of, you know, he no longer wanted to be, you know, full moon boy or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, uh, and uh, it basically, he it all takes place in the back of a limo um and that's what the book is so so yeah that brings us up to uh to crimes of the future so um let me tell you the general perception from the marketing and the pr that i read which was very little right yeah. um most of it coming out of either uh the con festival or um uh or through variety or you know one of these sort of industry kind of trades it's not like i'm seeing the trailer for this movie on 
you know, on TV right. Um, <laughs> right. programs, right? It's not popping up on my, uh, on my feeds. Um, so uh, it's, but uh, what, so walk, walk us through it because mm -hmm. it, 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 it's going to be, um, it's going to have Cronenberg's sort of staple body horror kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. And the, some of the press that's come out about it has been the controversial, you know, like, is it a, it's like have, almost every Cronenberg movie deals with this though, you know, like, does he go too far? And then people walked out and all this kind of stuff, you know, you know, uh, right. So that's the perception, right. But right. you're going to give us the reality of like, what's really there. Right? Yeah. You know, I, honestly, all of his films and he, I think he's a master marketer just mm -hmm. like of his generation, your carpenters and your, all these guys, you know, it's just like, they fucking know how to market their movies. Like they, they, they know how to get asses in seats. Um, and his, I watched his trailer for it afterwards. Uh, and I say his trailer, cause I know he cut that fucking trailer. Um, <laughs> it's just like, it's all the, you know, scary, you know, weird imagery. And really, that only comprises such a small amount of the film. Yeah, like 10 percent, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I, it's brilliant. I, hate, I hate to I hate to disappoint people, but I'm just like, this is a straight up actual uh, uh, noirish crime uh, film. Like, oh, it's, that's yeah, that's uh, that takes place in an alternate Earth reality. You know, I mean, it, it's it's it has some of the same problems, but like it, it's again, he can does that great thing. And this is what my wife and I were talking about because in, she gave it the ultimate compliment because she had watched the trailer. She's just like, I'll go see it. Like, you know, like that. She was just like, I swear right. to God. That's the perception. Right. Well, yeah. we had, what had happened was that the week before we went and saw men Garland's new film. Right. And that no was cakewalk, right? That's not, yeah. <laughs> hey, let me say, I liked that That's film a bumper a for a future episode, right? Holy it's, moly. Yeah. My wife turned to me at one point and went, I hate you. Um, and I mean that in the way That's it was great. just like there was there is a sequence in men at the very end that is so graphic. Like it is so over the top. That's all I'm going to say about it. But okay. she did. She turned to me and just like, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but so 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 she went she went very skeptically into crimes of the future. Uh, and about halfway through, she turned to me and she, she said, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be at all. Right. And right. I said, and she had seen crash and she had seen, um, the fly. And, okay. um, yeah. so, so she's familiar somewhat with his style. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if you're around me, I mean, I have his Jesus, I read his novel, you know, consumed. So, you know, which is basically it's, it's a film waiting to be made by the way. Like it's, it's. Right. Oh yeah, I mean it's just like reading a wonderful novelization of a film of his. Like, but mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, but but it, this is this is very much in the vein of it's all the hits, right? We've got uh, commentary on uh, culture. We've got commentary on consumerism. The 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 main villain, if if there is to be a main villain in this, is is uh. Uh, uh, our own waste, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's just it's, wow. it's really interesting, um, and uh, you know, and and w w I don't think it's a. This isn't a spoiler. I don't think I. Know. And by the way, I guess we should should we just establish that we're just going to talk openly about these films yes. or oh, okay, yeah. Right. No. I just sorry. maybe that should have been at the beginning. 
how does let the structure go a little bit right? if our yeah. students if our students ask us how do you spend your spare time oh we record podcasts we, we make podcasts right because yeah. it's essentially what we ask them to do anyway uh, <laughs> that's right only that's right. structural right yeah right we, right and we get we have no structure whatsoever <laughs> we don't have to do that right yeah we've earned the right we're the that's lonely right. phds we are the um, lonely phds with our little caps and our little backwards <laughs> regalia it's so silly it's, it's so, so silly. silly but anyway so um okay well then i'm going to get into it then so the the main he kicks us off in this film uh uh with the murder of a child by his mother but before the murder uh we see that the child is eating the plastic trash can like literally sitting in the floor like going to town on this trash can and eating it and kind of foaming at the mouth and then the next bit is he's in bed and the mom comes up and smothers him to death. So that's a rough way to start a film. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's that you're glad you opened your Reese's pieces at that point. Oh uh, yeah. You know, you know, I'm getting a side look, you know, woo. the side. Looks the coming glim- at me. What did you drag me what into? Did you, what yeah. did you do? <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm like, I'm like, hang so, on, baby. Hang on. It's just 10 minutes. Yeah, let's yeah, get it. Let's yeah. get into it. Uh, so yeah. then he does this weird segue into that the world is now all about this weird pop art movement of, you know, the body. And, and, and it's like Viggo Mortensen's characters, famous, like sick, famous, like about like that him and his partner put on, he's able to manifest organs. And then they go in and take them out in front of everyone. And it's a big art He's kind of taken, it's kind of funny though, because it's really satirical almost. He's like, he's taking a big shit on, you know, these type of, you know, pseudo uh, art movements and sort of also on, I'll say even like uh, exploitation, you know, uh, influencing, you know. Right. That- the first place I went was, is that like a really dark satire on the influencer movement? Yeah. Yeah, you know? it is. Uh but he 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 he's maintains consistency. So in this world, uh, he immediately also establishes in this world that uh, we no longer feel pain. We've evolved. Like pain, no matter we. So we're now deprived of a, a an essential emotion and physical experience of being alive and human. We no longer feel actual physical pain. So people now just cut on themselves and like, you know, we're, we're changing and it looks like, you know, we're going through this, you know, evolution of things, you know, I mean, Morton, Mortensen can, you know, manifest organs. So, I mean, it's just like, uh, the government is very interested in him, of course, right? you know, and they're just like, well, we want to be cataloging these organs. So what we're going to do is you're going to give us your organs and we're going to tattoo them and catalog them so that we know that if, other of these things begin to exist, then we start to see patterns in something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it goes from there. And again, he's so good at trimming fat. Mm. I mean, this, this film is less than two hours, mm. you know, and it just you go, 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 and he just gives you so much. And he also gives you so much to rewatch, you know, and, and to catch. Cause I mean, we were even talking about it at dinner afterwards and saying, you know, oh, what was that? You know, you how you do that? Like, what was that bit? You know, was that the this or that? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that again, you know, and yeah, sort, of, yeah. sort of catch, you know, catch on it. But um, yeah, there's the, 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 from what I've heard from people, 
in the trailer, there's this very frightening looking person with ears all over their body and their eyes are sewn up and they're like dancing or something. Well, that turns into be like him taking the biggest shit on like performance art because because the guys like dance into techno and Vigo Morton's over there like watching his show and the agent comes up and goes, yeah, there's not much to it, is there? It's not very impressive. Those ears don't even work. <laughs> but he sure worked on his dance moves. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he sort of has, has set these things up. Right. Uh, you know, there's this pitch black streak of satire in this film. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't like go <laughs> like that. Uh, just because he's, he just keeps hammering you with it. But then you've got this whole other subplot about there's this faction. If you remember the, oh, we forgot Scanners. God, that's what brought me to mind. I was just thinking about Scanners. Okay, you just remembered it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in Scanners and in Videodrome, he has, you know, that that like subgroup of people who like, you know, they're like the anarchists almost. Yes, yes. yes. So in this case, the anarchists are people who are have developed the ability in their bodies to ingest plastic like they can eat plastic and process it and their main reasoning for doing this is wow. because their 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 mission statement is that we fucked up the planet now we have to do this like we have to evolve we have to consume the things that are going to consume us gotcha but th- so you got that group's mission statement and it gets all into this too. I mean, it's kind of all barrel rolls to the end of, you know, what does the government really want? How far does this thing go? What does this say about us? What does it say about evolution? You know, where will our evolutionary processes go? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and again, I'm, I'm skipping a whole subplot about like Vigo Mortensen as an undercover cop, basically <laughs> working for like this agency. Um, it, it's just because I don't think it's, necessarily germane to the uh the overall of the film like I, I feel like it's it's there as sort of a MacGuffin device it's almost a it's almost a Cohenish you right, know MacGuffin right. so right. you know it, it it's it, it it works but it doesn't really have any impact on gotcha. on on the overall film it's like watching someone who understands his own playbook and his own strengths and he's not you know there are no surprises here I, I love that he's he's just saying like we're fucking evolving. It, period. Like we, we're, whether we're forcing it or not, we are evolving. That's what we do. So what would that evolution look like? You know, uh, if your name's not Charles Xavier, like what what is this? You know, what is this? What is it? What does it really look like? You know, and is it people who can manifest new organs? Is are is it people who can develop tolerances? Because we already know about microplastics. Right. right. Like it's in it's sorry, kids hate to be Debbie Downer, but plastics and fucking everything, uh, you know, it's just like we've been ingesting plastic for fucking decades. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's just like uh, saddle up. I, and I think that that's where he really got that idea, you know, from is, you know, again, he's a smart, he's a very smart man. And, you know, uh, he has that literature background and he's just like. I have no doubt he's been reading about microplastics for a long time. And this has been a long gestating idea. I think he's been shopping this script for like 20 years. So, I mean. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I've had some passion projects, but 20 years, that's a long time. 
Yeah. And I mean, think all the movies he made during that time that he yeah. couldn't get this one made. You know, what's and, and I just think back, I'm just like, fuck, what was the fucking problem with this one? Like, what? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, producers are weird, you know. Um, it's it's funny how things, um, how properties pop up and how some things, you know, just suddenly come out of nowhere uh, that you're not expecting. You know, it's like, oh, really? They're going to, they're going to tap that one or they're going to touch that or they're, you know, I just saw this trailer the other day for uh, this new movie called Prey, which is oh, the Predator in. thing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's a kind of a prequel Predator idea, which I thought, I mean, of course, you know, that comic book series is graphic. Oh, the Dark Horse. Yeah, I mean, the Dark Horse series, you know, I mean, it kept that IP alive. Of course. Like, just like it kept the aliens. And by the way, kids, it kept the Star Wars IP alive it, it did. for a long did, yeah. time. Yeah. Long time. Um, and uh, but I just thought it was a clever take, you know, for a, a for a cinema version of that kind of story. I mm -hmm. thought it was a, it was an interesting take. I'm going to watch it because I thought it was yeah. um, it was a clever little inversion there. So, um, all right. So let's let's uh, switch gears here. I want to ask about because I am very, very curious about I no, love be honest. You're really, uh, I, are no, you really honest. I am. I am. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I love Top Gun when I was a kid. Okay. And our generation, I don't give a shit who you are. That film's fucking exciting. And Tony Scott could make the shit out of an action film. Yeah. I mean, last fucking Boy Scout. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's just like, that is like a great representation of the genre, you know, of the, of yeah. the misplaced buddy yeah. cop, you know, duo movie. I mean, take that Shane Black. Like, yeah. although he wrote that shit, he wrote that shit, didn't he? I think if yeah. I remember correctly, I think he did write Last Boy yeah, Scout, but he did. Um, he's just like, why couldn't I direct this? Because like Tony, uh, Scott, Tony made it happen. Yeah, Tony yeah, Scott yeah. made it happen, and and Top yeah. Gun is there was no film like it. There was no, I mean, that was the movie like you could go with your 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 parent with. Like it's still, was it PG thirteen? I think it was PG thirteen. Um, was it PG even yeah. with the action? Okay. Yeah. Um, even with the homoerotic volleyball game, I, I don't know, you know, Hey man, it's just like, I, you know, I got to call it. I'm just like, good looking dudes. I'm in awe. Like, oh, sure. like oh, come on. Sure. Look at sure. You. I'm not sure I would have called that at, at age 13 when I saw it. Right. <laughs> I was more interested in Kelly McGillis, but, but, um, but as I'm older now, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. Now uh, all the girls yeah. love that scene. I don't know. They always wanted to watch Top Gun. I never understood why. Wow, but, it's like, you want to watch this movie about fighter jet pirates? <laughs> yeah. They're like, yes. <laughs> but, uh, my, ignorant, my ignorant white heterosexual life. That's what, you know, uh, uh, was that a TV show on MTV? They called it. I think they called it Teen Mom. Um, actually, yeah. uh, but uh, you're right. No, please continue. You're right. Everything you're saying, I mm. I, I agree with about. So the, I mean, uh, top of the 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 fucking soundtrack. You know, Danger Zone. You can make fun of it if you want, but that was that was on the radio that summer. Kenny Loggins. Who and who knew Kenny Loggins was going to kill? You know, he had the Caddyshack. Uh, soundtrack i'm all right i know you know i mean it's just and then coming back with this and i'm just like you gotta be kidding me kenny loggins killing it i uh, actually saw kenny loggins in concert at mm. the casinos in mississippi i don't remember what year that was 
but it was in the 90s, I think, right? Was it, was it what we called the dark years? <laughs> probably, because he had just released, what is it, that Return to Pooh Corner? Like, yes, whatever. yes. Right, it was like- Why I got so excited about that, I don't know, but I there it was. I don't know. And so, uh, uh, and so the, my, my, uh, my date wanted to go see that show. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, man, there was like 75 people in there rocking out whenever mm. Danger Zone came on, you know, that's his curtain call. You know, everybody just rocked the house. Yeah, I don't know. So make fun of it, but you're right. You're hitting yeah. all the the you know, uh, and, and and then remnant. it just it, it just it's it's always been around. It's always been the model of like whether people thought it was good as I'm pitching it or pitching it as you know the worst example of right. you know uh, misguided white masculinity etc cetera, etc cetera. and also yeah guess what kids it's it's a it's a big propaganda film but you know it, it's but what military film isn't a propaganda film whether even if it's an anti-war film it's still propaganda so it doesn't right you know, sorry right. like I right. I hate those arguments I'm like how can you think like Top Gun of all the fucking movies like what what are you thinking like i, I don't anyway and uh can't go down there yeah well uh, but this, there's that element to it you know top gun carries that that stigma for a lot of people you know it's yeah. like oh come on this is just you know uh more white people uh and more military like sort of jingoistic you know kind of stuff yeah. you know like pro-military kind of stuff but you're right i mean every every military film is propaganda to a certain extent yeah you know? You know, and, and, and I grew up again, I, I tell people all the time, I, I love uh, uh, the genre, the war movie genre. My, my family oh, yeah. ser- has served. Uh, my father served uh, Marines. Uh, my brother has served. My uncles have served. My cousins have served. I'm the only coward that hasn't served. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, no. And, and so I grew up in that environment. You know, I mean, my old man thought taking us to, you know, I saw Platoon and Full Metal Jacket and Hamburger Hill like when I was 10, because when we went to the movies, it was really something my dad wanted to watch. And, right. <laughs> you know, I was like, but the great mouse detectives playing, shut up. It's platoon. Um, <laughs> you boys will love it. Yeah, you love it. Yeah. You love it. Um, it's, tough. Um, it's true. Uh, though. It's true. It's true. Um, you know, we're, you we're know, of, but we're of that generation of, yes. of young men that, that came yes. up at that time. I mean, I mean, even starting the, the, I'll call this like, the Reagan 80s. Reagan 80s and I also say Vietnam babies. Like yeah, we're we're, we're Vietnam babies. And definitely. it's just like we came at that time where it's just like starting with um Apocalypse Now, which I don't like that film, but this is another conversation for another time. Uh, you know, in, in running, I mean, running that whole gun basically from like 78 to what 90? I mean, the the amount of Vietnam films. I mean, when does when does Stone put out the final of his trilogy with uh, Tommy Lee Jones? It was 93. Oh, Heaven it ran to 93 then. Okay. Yeah. But but Heaven and Earth was not a box office or, you know, I mean, it was a critical success, but it did not do well at yeah. the box office. And, um, you know, uh, and I would say that that kind of capped it because, I mean, you still had Vietnam movies being made still, of mm-hmm. course, but... Um, but yeah, I think it did kind of, there was a period of time where there, where our generation really took in a lot of stories that were about the guilt of Vietnam and the, yes. the fallout of Vietnam and all of the, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of uh, coming home kinds of stories that were really mm. like, 
you know, that's Tom Cruise connected, you know, I mean, you, you have to sort of think about Top Gun for all the reasons that you mentioned completely. Let's not forget that Tony Scott is Ridley's brother and that, you know, there was definitely a creative link between them and how, you know, Tony had his style, Ridley has his style there, you know, they each have their sort of unique styles. Um, but um, Tom Cruise was really hitting kind of the height of his stardom and Top Gun, like just sent him over. Oh. The top. I mean, oh, absolutely. Cause I mean, we'd had risky business. We'd had, you know, some, some, some Tom Cruise movies, but he really wasn't a star mm-hmm. until, you know, I, I would argue that Top Gun is what made him a star. And he's yes. here we have someone, I think this is part of the mystique of why Top Gun Maverick did so well, I think, mm-hmm. is that people really logistically was like, wow, Tom Cruise, wow, he's, he's that old and he's still like banging these movies out that are making like, you know, $100 million. And I mean, he's got franchises going and he's still, this guy's been around. It's like you recognize the passage of time, mm-hmm. which is a huge deal with, with Top Gun, but you, but that started with the recognition of passions of time with Tom Cruise, where you're mm-hmm. like, this dude's been around for a very long time and has worked with some excellent directors and has mm-hmm. turned in some really fantastic performances over a period of time. And this is I'm just looking at the artist, right? I mean, I'm not really that interested in Tom Cruise's like jumping on couches. And all. I mean, I understand that that affects how we perceive him to a certain extent, but I'm looking at his work, you know, which is a, as we know, film is a collaborative medium, right? And everybody's making that happen. And I think Tom would be the first person to tell you that, you know, uh, it's a collaborative uh, of medium, you know. um, Is, is, is Top Gun Maverick then his first, I would say, attempt at legacy? You know, where where it's it's him actually acknowledging one his age, and two that you know I can't do this forever, you know, and that you know I want to hand it off, you know I want to hand these franchises off, or you know, because it seems like it's a very strange movie at this time when he's at the zenith still of his fucking Mission Impossible, right. crazy. And right. by the way, those movies are amazing. Like they, I mean. Visually, those real stunts, it's still, you know, I I know people go on and on about it, but seriously, people like that's insane what he does in those movies. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, but those aren't legacy movies. Like this strikes me as a legacy movie. Like it's even I've heard that Val Kilmer shows up, you know, for a couple minutes, uh, which also led me to to go back. But the the other reason I'm very interested in this movie, because I recently had watched his documentary, Val um on uh uh amazon uh uh-huh. shout out amazon uh and uh uh we take donations uh but uh yeah but uh you know a large part of that documentary is around top gun like he because the whole gist of it is he's been filming himself since he was a kid you know and the top gun stuff he's he's very affectionate about you know and yeah. and, and feels very you know, connected with it, which I thought was very strange, you know, but, but go ahead. I mean, so, so what's his, I, I know he pops up. So I'm, I'm guessing he's also there to sort of cement the, the idea maybe of, of getting older and legacy and. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, th- I think, um, you know, I think that uh, first of all, I should give a shout out to Joseph Kaczynski who directed this movie. Um, 
Kaczynski directed, of course, Tron Legacy, which I oh, have yes. Jesus. a amount of passion for. Ooh, such and, a great um, movie. Somebody who really understands 80s properties and 80s mm. storytelling and understands mm. where the sort of key chess pieces need to fall and telling that story for a broad range of audiences because the Tron Legacy hit me on a whole different level than it did my son who was 10 when he saw it. He you know, has a whole new appreciation. Kaczynski's good at reaching those multiple generations of audiences with this type of storytelling. And he also made Oblivion, which is another Tom Cruise movie. It's I think that's a very underrated, underrated film. Yes, yeah. yes, it's very good. Um, so I knew that he had a good director and um, I knew that, or I had confidence in the fact that they had a good story in mind before they brought this character back. And I really think that's what makes the movie work is that, so mm-hmm. first Top Gun, if you remember, is about Maverick kind of trying to outlive the shadow of his own father, right? right? And right. from the military background and sort of find his place and realize what it means to be who he is and fr- with the realm of friendships and competition, all this kind of stuff. And let's not forget this movie is good to remind us that he finished number two, that's you know, Iceman finished first. Um, but of course, in Top Gun, the big thing is that he's trying to um, sort of deal with grief and loss, and, and that's of Goose, right? Uh, right. Who is his wingman who, who dies, and he blames himself for it, and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, the movie Top Gun Maverick sort of takes that mantle and makes this movie about the redemption arc, right? Because what they did was they took Goose's kid, whose call sign is Rooster, um, and uh, they made um, uh, Goose's son be the sort of narrative thread for Maverick to kind of follow through because Maverick mm-hmm. gets called back to Top Gun to be a teacher. It's a lot of fun. I really, I really think the story works really well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they end, it ends up being this sort of teacher-student relationship, yeah. and he sort of has to obviously work through um, uh, that redemption kind of story. And um, that's why I think it works. Iceman, we find out, is the whole reason why Maverick got called back to Top Gun at that particular time. And he just kind of knew that given the mission they were having to, uh, to take on, that that was the right chemistry. So it really gives Val Kilmer a lot of um, just really poignancy uh you know he does have an an appearance in the film and it's really quite emotional i cried um which i was surprised um that it was that tender of a moment for me um but yeah is that that pretty early on or is it it's about midway through it's about midway through uh yeah they they build you for it nicely uh, I often have to say that John Hamm is in this movie too, and I really like. Really, him. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, he plays Maverick Superior in in this one at the school, and so it's uh, he's really good at playing that straight, frustrated, you know, tough guy. Uh, yeah, uh, lead the group. He's 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 got a great look too, um, and I just Jennifer Connelly is beautiful, and she is just the perfect choice to be in this one because you you hear her character mentioned in the Mm -hmm. first movie meg ryan's character actually jokes with tom cruise about this girl penny you know that we never got to meet you know and so penny's in this one she's the you know the primary love interest and so uh uh, she's great she just lends the right amount of balance uh to him and i have to give them props for one other thing um just thought it was really beautifully handled the love Mm -hmm. scene in the movie you know it's inevitable cruise and Connolly are gonna are going to oh, yeah. connect 
Uh, it's just done with a nice slow cross dissolve where they're walking into the house, which transitions into this kind of, um, uh, I don't know if it was a dolly or a track, but just sort of glides uh, to them post-coital mm -hmm. in the bedroom, like where they're just having that intimate time and chatter. Mm -hmm. None of the other bullshit of the, you know, the silhouette and the kissing and the throwing somebody up against the wall and all that, you know, and I just thought I was conscious of it when it happened in the movie. And I just went, thank God they did that. What a beautiful choice mm -hmm. to make, because it made that move, that moment so much tender, more tender and real for mm -hmm. me uh, mm -hmm. than having gone through some ridiculous sex scene, you know, now is, is using, using the trope of the sex scene. I mean, that's, that's a very eighties movie. Uh, thing that we don't see that often these days because that's I... yeah i mean i think i well i was thinking about the love scene in the original top gun which is right. done to the take my breath, breath away, away. and then right. you've got the soft blue light and it's all silhouetted and shadowed but you see the the hands and the you know and it's it's just it's it's almost like a bad bad music a really video. bad music video yeah um, people if you if you tony if you scott don't... right Right. If you don't know the song we're talking about, you can look it up. It's uh, just Google Top Gun, Take My Breath Away, and you'll find your way there. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and and uh, and just know that that was the makeout song. For, oh, like, Jesus. Everyone. That was the skating and, rink and, song. That was the makeout song. That was huge, huge, oh, it was huge, huge, huge. huge. Yeah. So um, so that's what instantly like, because, you know, the movie's following that formula. So when they walk in, you're like okay, this is where it's coming. How are they going to do this? And then they just did it so softly and respectfully. I was like, that was nicely done. I thought it was nicely handled. And a refresher these days, you know, when we've got just this push to push those boundaries. Um, you know, so many shows like Euphoria and others are just sort of taking risks at, mm -hmm. at you know, trying to, you know, um, expose uh, bodies and, and whatnot. I was just like, this is more of a reserved, tasteful mm -hmm. choice. Euphoria is a show about addiction. It's a real, it's a different sort of, uh, sort of take. And I, it's a beautiful show. It's hard mm -hmm. to watch, but it's a beautiful show. And Euphoria has been uh, trying to be, I think, pretty transgressive to the LGBTQ and, um, uh, you know, other sort of marginalized groups about exposure and seeing those bodies on screen, you know, um, this is great. It's, it's, we need it. Um, mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's wonderful, but, um, but it fits for that particular story context and what they're trying to do. I was just scared that there was that pressure in Top Gun where mm -hmm. there's a love scene and it's like, these people are in their, you know, late fifties, sixties, let's be respectful. Let's do it the right way. Yeah. And it was, it was like, okay, this is cool. It was sexy without trying to, um, impress that younger audience who might be watching Top Gun Maverick, who has already been a fan of Euphoria and some of these other shows, right? So, mm -hmm. so I think I read on Twitter, and I know you know everybody goes to Twitter, right, for the um, for the news of the day. But this particular tweet, I think it was in an article called "21 Best Tweets About Top Gun" or something like something cheesy like that, something Buzzfeed, <laughs> mindless. But um, uh, but one of the tweets was. This was the perfect um, movie for my dad's generation. 
Oh, it's it's the uh, it's so 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 now they're trying to like equivocate it to like uh, uh, dad rock or dad pants. Or kind of. Like, they know. were, but they were like, but but the but the tenor of the tweet at the end was, but I dug it too, you know, and it was like. Okay, so you, okay. you you were kind of moved by it, I guess, a little bit, but you didn't. But you really... don't want to admit it, right? So, right, right. It's just like just say you like the movie. It's right. it's again this is, and again these are again these these old like I was talking about originally with the original Top Gun. It's just like you know, just it's okay. You can like the movie. It, it, you don't have to, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with being entertained uh-huh. or moved or you know we, any of these things. We could not have individually seen more diametrically opposed movies yeah you know i mean it's like they're they're on the opposite end of the spectrum right um in terms of their story but also in terms of their uh you know purpose and value in moving through uh you know everyday life um but top gun is great and i think it's going to give you know when you see it um uh you know i think you'll you'll appreciate how they how they hit the right notes as, as I will crimes of the future, because it sounds like Cronenberg did the same. So uh, just in a very different frame and context. So, well, I encourage everyone to uh, form their own opinion and go out and watch. No, we films. don't. Come oh, on. you're right. Yes. We should just, just they listen to us, Jeff. Listen to us, damn it. Their opinions. And then, they, you, know, you know, they can start <laughs> repeating us and quoting us. And like, yeah, and, I heard on the only PhDs podcast. Then. Yeah. And give us hearts and in hashtags and whatever's the flavor of the month this month on social media which i can't keep up with um so anyway uh uh for myself for dr watson this is two lonely phds and we will see you next time